Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 70. My name is Damien Ross, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm also the publisher of the Rootless Living magazine, and I've been a full-time digital nomad since 2017. I just celebrated four years on the road. If for some reason you haven't already, head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital subscription and start reading the only magazine that is covering what it's like to have a life that is full of travel while you're still working, aka being a digital nomad. So in this episode, I chat with Igor and Casey, and we get to talk to a couple that is doing a huge 180, not only with where they live, but also with what they're doing for income. And they're doing it all because they really realize what's best for their family. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Igor and Casey to the show. How are you guys? We're good. We're tired. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) This is a a take two. I think I've only had to do two of these where when I went to edit, just something happened with the audio and everything was gargled and there was just no way to repair it. So the interesting thing is that when we talked last a few months ago, you guys were in Massachusetts. You're now in Texas, which we'll get to. But like always, what I like to do is kind of go back real quick to when you guys bought your first RV and let's start talking about how that has really transitioned your guys's life in a way that probably will be really different than anyone that's been on the show. So let's go back to when you guys bought uh, your first rig and, and why did you guys buy it? So I can't, uh, I, I'll start with that because I was the uh, <laughs> annoying one trying to convince my wife to uh, buy a rig rather than rent one. Um, and she she was firm on no, this is, we, we can't spend this much money. Um, it's going to be annoying. Uh, it's going to be, if we, if we don't like it, we stuck with it and we end up, uh, buying it. <laughs> I think I, I won that battle. Um, but, uh, doing some research, uh, we kind of wanted to remodel a little bit. So it was ugly. Yeah. We, we look at Pinterest, we look at what Instagram and we got inspired by some of the big accounts that been doing this for a while and we decided to give it a try. And, um, and that's where Tomas goes to coast was born basically. So when you say give it a try, I mean, did you have like any kind of like construction background or was it all like, Hey, not only am I going to buy an RV and renovate it, but I'm also gonna have to learn the skill set to do it. No, we uh, actually went in having no idea what we were doing. Uh, we actually started painting the cabinets um, and the paint was chipping off because we are using the wrong type of paint. And then back to the drawing board, uh, most of the stuff we learned was basically being inspired from other accounts and YouTube, definitely. YouTube University, I called, um, where we kind of, watch videos and kind of figure out how to do it. Uh, a lot of it too. We gained a lot of experience actually taking it apart and seeing how it works. So I think that we can count that too. Gotcha. Now I, I talked about this a little on the last show and I want to make sure to understand is Igor, I'm picking up an accent and I know on the last show I said that it kind of threw me cause I couldn't place it. And I, I know there's part of it. That's a little bit of a, a Boston dialect, but where, where's this accent coming from? Where are you from originally? <laughs> 
I am. I'm actually originally from Brazil. There it is. Uh, been been living here for here. Actually, I've been living in Massachusetts for over 20 years now. Wow. And uh, I actually, when I first moved here, I I didn't even speak a word of English. I'm still struggling with it right now, but it's it's a little better. You can you can say. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's funny too in the original call i thought casey had an accent as well too and <laughs> and then i was like casey's like no I, where are you from originally casey um new england we we yeah. moved a lot but my mother's from selfie and my stepfather's from wisconsin that's what it was uh, yeah it was like south cheese or something i remember yeah, yeah between yeah. the two of them and then me trying to not have an accent um it's just different yeah, and you know, I, maybe I talked about this last time. My mom's got this really funny thing that when she's around someone with an accent, all of a sudden she starts talking with an accent, which it's is like really, yeah, it's really embarrassing. Where I'm like, "Mom, stop! You can't do that." <laughs> I have done it. I I, I've been in Boston and been in New York, and over time, all of a sudden, you know, it, like I'm dropping my L's, and this stuff just gets weird for me. So I almost thought like. Well, maybe Casey's just been around Igor so long that she's picking up a little accent herself. But then I think it was just weird in the beginning. But I had to call myself out because I did kind of make a fool of myself. I was like, what's your accent? And it's like <laughs> South Bay, Wisconsin. I'm like, oh, my bad. <laughs> now, Igor, she, uh, she's, she's still correcting me, actually. Uh, I, I, sometimes the kids, I'll, I'll, I'll be saying uh, stuff to the kids and she looks at me with that look. I'm like, I'm saying wrong, right? She's like, yeah, let me, uh, <laughs> let me do with this. <laughs> I was like, okay. I will have and my, you. Actually, I, actually my, my oldest one is, wait, he's five. He, uh, he corrects me once in a while. Gotcha. I, I will say that has nothing to do with, you know, English not being your first language. I mean, am I, my wife used to correct me. My kids corrected me. So that has nothing to do with that. Bro. It's just, that's just part of the life. You're going to get corrected. Now what's crazy too is tell people what, I mean, I think you're still there. I know the, the plan is to not be doing what you're doing for a living, but tell everyone what you do for a living and we'll get back in the travel. But I think it's important for people to know what it is that you do for a living. So I, I've been a police officer now for over eight years and, um, uh, we kind of find it kind this whole RV thing landed on our laps by accident and we kind of ran with it and I, I'm switching. I'm, I'm in the process of switching Korea now, um, going from, you know, a police officer to, uh, full-time renovators and RV renovations and things like that. So pretty exciting. That is really exciting. But Casey, you got to walk me through this because I think this is probably something that's going to be, I, I need to hear from you in this. And so we've, we've got this husband and not only does he not want to rent an RV, he wants to buy an older one and he wants to renovate it. And he has no skill set in renovating RVs. And somehow he talks you into that. I mean, good for you, Igor. That's amazing. And now it's the actual talking into, but because there has been some success and I want you guys to talk about some of the rigs you guys have built, but it's not just starting a business, ending a career. It's also moving, which is, that's a, that, there's a lot going on with you guys. It's kind of laughable when you like put in the perspective of like leaving a full-time secure job that pays for your three children and your lifestyle to let's sell it all. Let's move across the country and start a business. Um, but so much of it is, 
in order to do Igor's profession, he has to compartmentalize and when he puts on a uniform, he has to control everything about his environment to stay safe. But when he comes home and he has a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old and he, <laughs> and he doesn't shut that off, that's not how you parent and they're not going to listen. But doing RVs kind of allowed him to, we have a puppy. I'm so sorry if you can hear that duck. No um, it allowed him to tap into this other side that it was like, vacation Igor who's fun and crazy so he's I'm a sucker for him and he was like let's buy an RV and I said let's rent one this we can be awful um and he just said let's just buy it let's just buy it and this is part of our problem our fatal flaw as a couple is if one wants something the other can't say no even if we're broke so of course we bought one um and then we ended up renting it out too, which helped. But then he said, well, let's do it again. So we bought two. We honestly, we bought the second one. And as we were towing it home from like North Carolina or um, North Conway, we found another one on Marketplace. So we quickly dropped one off, turned around and grabbed the other one that was at a motel. North Conway is, by, by the way, like about three hours from our house. So now we put a or kids through a six hour drive to go buy a junk. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I, I mean, I think two people might think when they hear like Boston and Massachusetts for a lot of people, the, you know, the, their mindset is, you know, the, the city, um, you guys didn't, you guys didn't have like a, like a, a huge place in the sense of land, but it was bigger than most. Like how many acres was the spot that you guys were able to take these and work on them? Uh, we had two and a half acres, so we would put one in the R in the driveway, and then the other one we would put kind of on the side yard, and then then we had three, so we had one in the driveway, two on the side yard, um, and obviously our neighbor wasn't as impressed that when he looked out his house because his house was like canted to face our house that all he saw was RVs. Yeah, but his neighbor's a cop. What can he say? <laughs> Who's he gonna call? Oh, he was. He called the town um, oh. repeatedly. They wanted us to sell them. Uh, and that kind of inspired like, well, let's move. And then we said, well, if we're going to move, let's like move, move where we're not thawing out the paint in the morning so that we can paint and we're in snowsuits with a blowtorch trying to heat up stuff. Let's move somewhere warm. Okay. How far away should we possibly move? Let's just drive to Texas. This is insane. I, I love you guys because this stuff is just insane. <laughs> but it's but it's really what this lifestyle takes. This lifestyle takes so many kind of just interesting leaps of faith and not like over planning to really get to a place where I, I use the word free, and where you just feel free. And I love where you guys have gone so far. Now, if if I recall, the you don't have all three rigs anymore, and you guys went through a cool process of not only renting them but also selling them. Let's talk about the renting first. And did you ever, I can't even really remember, did you ever use the RVs for yourself or did you guys just fix them up and then just get into the renting and sell them? Or were you guys actually using them and taking some quick vacations with the kids? No, so we, we did um, a couple vacations with the, uh, what we called DeLorean was our first one. And uh, she she was great. She was, uh, there was four bunks on the bed, uh, 33 footer uh, trailer travel trailer um it was to me it was a huge uh, um 
adjustment because I never drove a trailer before. Casey grew up um, driving trailers with horses. Uh, we, we also have two horses. Um, so she, she was more experienced experience on that, which is funny because most places we go and we are parking, she's the one driving and people kind of look weird to us, which I, I don't get it, but I'm like, yeah, she's, she's a boss driving this thing. She can <laughs> back this trail up anywhere. Um, but from that, we kind of found out, I think by accident that we could have, um, rented. So we thought about rather than having a RV parked in our driveway for only when we have vacations, why not giving all the family families, uh, opportunity to kind of experience what we went through you know, like with our vacations and things like that. So we found out a couple of uh, websites that you could rent your rig and we ended up renting her for over uh, six months. Um, it was, it was great. Um, we had so much fun. We met so many good people. Um, it was, it was really fun. So when you're renting him, are, are like people coming to your house and picking it up and then driving it away or, like, how does that work? Cause that always, I mean, it's, it's a big learning curve, you know, when you first drive a rig and for me, you know, it was 40 feet. And I remember thinking about a year into this, I was like, wow, I can't believe people just, you can just come and pick up someone's rig and drive and not have to prove that you know what you're doing. Um, uh, <laughs> was that the case yeah. or what did you guys do? <laughs> yeah. So we definitely had a learning curve. And so we, just let people were like, well, if you want to try it, because like we rented on RV share. So you insure the cost of your vehicle. So to some degree, we're like, okay, well, if someone wrecks it, we'll just buy a new one. Um, so we let the first family rent it. They drew, drove it eight hours, I want to say, and she had six children. And um, we spent the time, you know, we walked through it, we showed them how to hook up and uh, try to explain like how to park. They ended up parking like completely across their park, their um, campsite because they couldn't really back it in, but there was no damage and they were the nicest people. After that, we opted to deliver to everyone. Gotcha. So you would take it to the campground, kind of get them set up, do a tour, and that way they're not moving it. Yeah. And that way it's easy. We would, I would get there, you know, their check-ins at 11, I'd get there at 1030, back it in, we fully hook it up and it's set up. So when they get there, they have to do nothing. You know, the only thing we would say is like, look, if you're camping, you can't use a hair dryer and have the AC on. And this is something that like people have called us and said like, Oh, I'm blow drying my hair and the whole RV, like it flipped the switch. Um, so we had like baseline things that they couldn't do cause it was too much ampage, but then it's easier. And they have like, a vacation all set up for them. People could bring, you know, a plethora of children. We had one where, um, I think they, they tried to fiddle with the water hookup. So then it just kept like filling the tanks. So I showed up and it was close by and they had like a rager happening. I mean, it was at least four families in DeLorean and they all kind of looked at me like I was going to get mad. And it's nice. It's like, for me, it was so warm that they were excited to have their whole family there. I'm like, all right, just don't break anything. And like, save me a drink. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know? Yeah, because your guys' renovations, when we first talked, I hadn't had a chance to really go through them. We're doing a little bit of a profile in the July issue. Um, I don't know when this podcast is coming out. So if it hasn't come out yet, you'll be able to see some of them. But 
The insides are phenomenal. I mean, you are, you definitely, the one that I was looking at was, it's definitely an older rig from the outside. I mean, you guys made it look nice, but the inside, like you just, you can't, like if you woke up inside of it, you wouldn't know you're in an RV. You know what I mean? Like that's how it really looks. Like it's just, it's phenomenal. Like I think people are going to get their mind blown that you can buy an older trailer and do that. Um, when did you it guys? It was, it was. It was actually so rewarding when we actually completed the first one that we, so DeLorean was a learning curve, even on the aspect of remodeling, because we are kind of shy on things. We are trying to conserve what was inside and try to kind of make it look great, putting wallpaper and things like that. When we got a second one, which was uh, Thelma. Thelma, it was a 97 on 95 rig, we went like crazy. I ripped walls. I kicked the walls. I, <laughs> I ripped the, the frame of everything and we completely got it because I kind of figured out how they kind of build these things. And it's, it, it, we, I think we, we are so brave at that point that we build everything new inside. And it was, it was, just, and during the process too, it was kind of scary because you're taking things apart and you're like, am I going to be able to put this back together? What am I going to do if I don't? Now we're sitting, this thing is sitting in my driveway. What am I going to do? Uh, but seeing the final product, it was, it was the best thing in the world. We were like, oh my God, I can't believe we <laughs> actually put this, pull this off. Yeah, I actually felt the same way. I mean, I still kind of like, I can't believe this is where we live. We just recently went through a pretty, I mean, we didn't get all the way to the point where we started kicking walls down, but we got pretty, <laughs> pretty close to it. And I, I guess the advice I always give people when they're like, well, you know, we're going to start a renovation. What do you, what's your advice? And I said, offer to do someone else's renovation first, offer to help because then you get to learn all this stuff. Like I know so much now that if I did a second one and I'm Jones in to do a second one, it is that learning curve that like, once you do it, you learn it. And so obviously you guys took the skill set that you're learning and you brought on Thelma and I bet you this next one has a similar name to Thelma. I mean, I actually know the answer to this question, but what was the third? Louise. Louise. Yeah. And I've ever been like, I don't know if that's, those are good names for like vehicles. Thelma and Louise, don't they drive <laughs> off a cliff? Like, isn't yes. that the end of the movie? <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, it was, it's cute. Yeah. That was actually a suggestion from one of our uh, followers on Instagram which uh, we, we asked to if they could name more RVs and which, which was pretty cool. Cause they got to participate on, on that portion of the project. That's very cool. That's very cool. And do you know if the, uh, now do you have any of the rigs still or have you sold all three or where are you with the rigs? I can't remember. We sold all three and that was kind of our, our moving money and our down payment money. And now we're like, so I'm in Texas in an apartment with the kids and Igor is basically in a boarding house, um, renting a room back in Massachusetts until we close on the land and then put up a shop. So we're like, so like, as you use the word Jones in, we're like watching other people's Instagram as they're like renovating and we're both like, Oh, Oh, this is so sad. We have nothing. I know. I bet. So the, the plan is basically, once everything's closed on the stuff in Texas, um, I mean, how long are you going to stay in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and being a cop? How long are you there until you're full time in Texas, Igor? 
Um, I mean, if you um, can't say, I totally understand too. I mean, I don't know if it needs to be a secret. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's okay. Uh, the original plan was fifteen. Uh, sorry, it was six months. Um, we're coming up on five months now. Um, but we, it's it, we're trying to reassess as we go. Um, it's I, I can tell you, this is the hardest thing I have ever done in my life, and I've been on deployment overseas. I've been. <laughs> through boot, boot camp, uh, police academy, and being away from my wife and my kids right now, it's like, it's hurting. So we are trying to, we, we're constantly trying to figure out ways to, for me to come down earlier. But uh, the original plan is, is six months. Gotcha, gotcha. And you guys have sold the property in Massachusetts and now you're uh, buying, how much acreage are you guys buying in Texas? So we came down here and we thought from, from Massachusetts, it's two and a half acres. It's like, it's, it's not a big deal, but it's, it's, it's bigger than most properties over there. And we came down here and we found a lot for 20 acres and we are so excited, but we're talking to locals here and they're like 20 acres. It's like nothing like (laughs) your neighbor has 400 acres. (laughs) And we're like, okay, listen, we went from two and a half to 20. We, we're happy about it. So, <laughs> Yeah, but it's also, I, mean, uh, I think those things are cool because I do the same thing where I think originally I wanted 10 acres. I think my minimum is somewhere about 100 now. But I would love to have yes. a neighbor with 400 acres because one, they might sell at some point and I'm the neighbor. And two, if they have cattle and horses, I can tell the grandkids, hey, look at grandpa's cattle and horses over there. Now, you can't go touch them. <laughs> you can't go over that fence. I don't like people to go over my fence. You know, you know, grandpa, what's that other guy? Oh, that's just one of my staffers. Hey, Frank. You just wave to him. <laughs> you pulled it off. But, yeah, 20 acres, that's still really good, and at least you won't. With a 400-acre neighbor, you're not going to have anyone complaining about how many RVs you have in your property, which is really nice. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, uh, we actually, the, the, the way we are planning it out, we are giving priority to a shop than the main house. So mm-hmm. we're going to, we're trying to build a shop with an apartment in it and then slowly build the, uh, the main house. That's very cool. That's very cool. Now, is the plan in regards to the business, are you doing work for clients? Or are you just going to continue to buy older models and remodel them and then sell them to people? Or are you going to actually take on client work? I think until we're kind of off the ground, we'll stick with um, just remodeling and selling just till we kind of have that foundation and kind of uh, a platform to launch off of. And then we, you know, we spoke with, uh, we had like an advisement conversation today with actually another, an RV account and just kind of going over the two and you can do a remodel for someone else, but then it can sometimes curb like your creativity. You know, right. when we did Louise, Igor said, I'm going to do an epoxy bathroom. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Okay, let's do it. Um, and talking to a stranger who has no idea about an RV to say, look, I'm going to do an epoxy shower. Uh, and they say, no, I want this. And, you know, I want this where right now we can kind of do whatever and be so creative. It's kind of hard to picture basically having to tamper that down to make sure someone else is happy. Does that make sense? No, totally. And, but I do love that. I think 
over all the times we talk, Casey, you have this moment with Igor where you go, you're nuts, let's do it. <laughs> like, I hear that a lot from you, which makes me laugh, where it's like, this is crazy. Okay, let's go. Um, he, I, I if after so many years of marriage, I kind of, I give him the credit of like, mo- okay, not all of them, <laughs> but most of his ideas, like, they bear fruit, you know, like, right. they're crazy. And I, like, it's because he's on YouTube and he's like, I saw someone do something like this. I'm going to do it. And we kind of like figure our way out, but then it comes out so good. So now I'm like, okay, sure. You know, we first bought our house and he didn't know anything. He's never built it. And he's like, I'm going to build us a fireplace. And I'm like, God, no. <laughs> um, and now people like thought it was a built in fireplace. And so I'm like, okay, whatever you want to do. He's like, okay, I'm basically going to build our house. And I'm like, absolutely. You go for it. We don't have to pay a subcontractor. That's amazing. I guess the reason I brought up the client work is because when I heard you say that you're going to obviously like have the shop, have an apartment, and then later on you'll build the house is one of the hardest things, at least I discovered in renovating my own RV, or if I even wanted to hire someone to do it is where do you go in the interim when that's happening? And so when you kind of were talking about the apartment, I was thinking, Oh wow, that's actually really cool. Cause then like, if you were taking on client work, they could stay in the apartment while it's getting done. But then even in my own mind, I'm like, Oh, that might be a nightmare. They come down every day and start looking around. Ooh, why are you doing that? Why are you putting the way, are you going to put more screws there? What's going on? So don't do it. That's a terrible idea, but it's, it, it is fun to have, I guess, you know, family can come and visit then and it works out perfect. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We, we might just, uh, we might just uh, kind of knock, knock down some walls once the house is done and make it a nice office that people actually can come in because eventually we want to have, some sort of, uh, um, what do you call a couple in our lot that people can come down and check it out. Um, we also gonna keep doing the, uh, the rentals. So we, we, uh, planning on have maybe a class C or a couple, um, trailers, uh, small, big and small. So we have, we can serve more people maybe someone driving a Subaru or maybe someone driving a, you know, a pickup truck or someone that doesn't want to use that car at all. And they can just drive a class U at class A. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually really smart. I think that's where I, I think it, it's one of those things too, where I go back and forth. Cause when I hear people talk about, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this life. Should I rent something? You know, the renting it and trying to do the learning curve, I think would frustrate a lot of people. So the idea of renting something that's already kind of set up somewhere is really cool. Um, obviously, you guys will have enough property to almost, if you wanted to, on the property, have like your own showroom where if someone's really interested in buying it, they can come and rent it for a night or two. And then you can probably give them the rental back if they buy it kind of a thing. That way you just don't have people pretending that they want to buy it and just get a free rental or something. But it's, Correct. The really- the RV world right now it's it's booming and COVID kind of help out a little bit um, in terms of people stopping traveling uh, by plane and things like that and kind of discovering different ways to enjoy life with their families in a more I'll say private setting. Um, so. Uh, a lot of people decided to go with like campgrounds and rather than flyovers, I don't know, somewhere. Um, and then we also serve those people. They are actually giving up completely, you know, the whole mortgage idea loans and things like that. And they just want to live like nomads. Mm-hmm. And you also have people that 
can't have RVs in their properties and they actually want to rent, you know? So, uh, it's, it's the, the RV world right now is so vast. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to kind of like slowly, uh, unravel it. Right. So, right. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different like subculture and it, and, and even within the subculture, it has different compartments to, you know, the weekenders to the some timers and to the full timers or even like, you know, snowbirds or hybrids. And, but I do think the, the one where I think the rental business is going to do really well is like originally when I was talking to you guys and you guys were saying Boston, you know, my mind does go to, you know, the city and, you know, being from Los Angeles, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up where their families had RVs because there was nowhere that you could put them. You know, most people in the neighborhoods I lived in didn't even really have garages or let alone driveways, you know? And so for me, it was just kind of funny to, I, sad and funny to hear that people buy these RVs and then the majority of time they're in storage and they're paying for the storage, like a lot of money to have them stored. And then it really becomes a hassle to like go get it and take it out and load it and, you know, go through everything because you haven't used it in six months to make sure everything's okay. So the idea of renting them actually makes a lot of sense, especially the way that you guys were doing it where it's all set up and you show up and it's kind of almost like, you know, bougie camping. It's like really cool where you don't have to do anything. And there's a good model there. I'm glad you guys are like, you know, doing it and finding it. Now, Casey, real quick too. At one time you were going to be a cop, right? Isn't that kind of what I remember? Yep. That was um, kind of my path. I got a master's to go that way. And then we, um, right before I was supposed to go into a town, um, I was pregnant. So that kind of put a hold on the process. And then I had my first son and the way Igor's schedule rotates, it's, you know, three to 11, 11 to seven, three to 11, that if we put Lucas into daycare, he would never really see him. Um, so he's like, you know, I'll just work a couple overtimes. This is where like him working too much started and you just stay home. And I never like foresaw that that wasn't like a, I'm going to be a stay at home mom thing. And then I loved it. Um, and then we just, we had more and then another, and uh, now we want another. And so we kind of thought, okay, well, what can we do now that allows us to work, but also be parents? And this is something where when we do the renovations, we kind of tag team as parenting where I'm painting, he's watching the kids, or even like when we're doing some construction, if it's not like too dangerous, we try and let them help and they know what a drill is and how to hold plywood up. And they know what the word Luan is and how to cut Luan strips for shiplap. And, you know, this is my three-year-old asking if we need more Luan. That's funny. I, I don't think my youngest is going to be listening right now, but three is a magical number. I just want to tell you guys, <laughs> just, just know <laughs> that. I mean, do your thing. It's totally up to you guys, but it's one of those, like that number of kids you're like, Oh yeah. One day you just can fit in every car. And then the next day you need a nine passenger. Once you have that fourth kid, like everything changes. It's so weird, but no, that's great. I mean, and you guys have the property in the place to be able to do it. Um, I, I think the thing I love about this lifestyle and the pivots that people are making and even when someone's life goal kind of dream job, let's say is to be a cop and you get there and you just realize too, that it's just taking so much time away. And I will assume Igor, it's, it's very much a decompressing kind of job. It's not like you get off at five and you're in dad mode at five Oh five. There's probably some time of just decompressing from your days worth of work to then even be present really with the kids and to get to a lifestyle and earn money where that's not happening, where, 
the work and the family life, it, there's no like real decompression or needing to transfer, you know, the way you're thinking and acting and the way you carry yourself and the way your mind's on, you know, protective mode or what's this person going to do. That's not really a great way to treat a five-year-old with a hammer. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm assuming it's got to be really, really different for you. Um, I can tell you that uh, it's, it's another job just t- trying to actually keep all those feelings that you have at work uh, uh, and try not to translate to your life at home. Um, Cause some days can be quiet, um, but the days they are busy and you stressed out and you come home and all your kid wants to do is play with you, but you're so stressed and you're so uh, kind of drained from the experiences we had at work, uh, um, it's, it takes, it takes a toll on you and your family, you know, and it's, it's been a great job. Uh, it's, I'm honored to, to be part of, you know, my community and, and be able to help out so many times, even the fact that I speak Portuguese, um, I am the only actually officer in my department that does speak Portuguese. So being able to help people that doesn't speak English, uh, um, it's, it's been pretty rewarding, pretty, pretty cool. But again, dealing with those not so nice people and having to come home and, and dealing with the family, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. And the RV kind of experience, uh, um, it's a, it's a complete, it's a complete 180. Cause I, I, I get my kids helping. I get my family. I can be doing the RVs in my driveway and my kids watching and I can make my own time and, and it's more about them than, you know, anything else. Yeah, the only thing I will say, I mean, obviously in any kind of career job, there's still stress. I mean, I think we all know that and understand that. I, I would definitely say that being a police officer has a stress level that I probably don't understand and most people don't understand. But what's interesting, though, too, is the things that we really enjoy doing, where we find a lot of passion, I always kind of talk to people about almost keeping that somewhat side hustle because I feel like when it becomes full-time, something changes, you know, when you go from passion and art to then, okay, this is the way we're paying our bills. Sometimes it can completely just become work where it used to be so much fun and interesting. And even for me, when I left full-time RVing, my job had nothing to do with full-time RVing. So that full-time RVing was kind of like the hobby. It was now my job is in and around full-time RVing and my life is full-time RVing. So there's not really a separation between the two. And it is a little different. I mean, they're still very rewarding and I really enjoy it, but it is different if that makes sense. Absolutely. One of the things we're trying to, we're planning to do to keep it fun is we want to do destination sales. So when we finish an RV, we're going to list it in Arizona, drive there and post it for sale at our vacation spot. Once it sells, we'll drive back. That's really cool. That's actually a really cool business model. I mean, especially at the end of the day, if you can sell 50 and 50 states, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, like how cool would that be? I don't know how you get it to Hawaii. You might have to go to Hawaii, build it, and then sell it before you leave. Um, but yeah, like that is actually... We'll make one that floats. There you go. <laughs> Good luck with that, bro. <laughs> make, all I ask is make that number 50. I just have, I have a bad feeling about that one. Uh, but no, I mean, that's actually a really cool idea. You know, I mean, unless you start giving me like... 
nah, it's cool. We don't need to, we don't need to sell one in North Dakota. Let's just skip that one. We'll just, we'll double up. In oh, Florida. we're definitely Let's going go. to North Dakota. No, That's no. where they have wild horses. There you go. There you go. I, I, I forgot that you have the horse background. Oh, and real quick too, you know, Igor, it's not that I've been around a lot where I see like a couple pull in and the woman, the wife, the girlfriend, or both, who knows, she takes over driving and then the guy is doing the directions just because it, 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 I think it's better communication for them that way. I see it all the time. It's not, yeah, maybe there are people that stop and look, but whatever. I see it and I've been like, oh, I get it. I get it. It's so much easier. It makes sense. It it actually, it actually kind of helps on our relationship. Um, the, our communication skills actually improve every time we have to park an RV because <laughs> the patient you have to have with each other. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm back there flailing my arms and trying to say something and she's like, I'm not getting it. And, and it kind of reflects on our relationship. So it's, it's pretty cool to kind of be able to function when you park an RV and right. <laughs> it helps, you know, we had to, um, one of the RVs we delivered that was for sale, uh, DeLorean in order to get it in their driveway, they basically had from the street to their driveway, like a 90 degree angle. So when we tried to back it up, the back bumper kept hitting, um, before the, um, before the tires popped it up. So they, they loved it. We had just driven two hours to deliver it to them. And, uh, Igor and the, wife's husband or partner they decided they're gonna build a a stone ramp but like only under each tire and i was at like a 90 degree jackknife angle trying to get this ramp and they'd put a rock uh, under the tire and then run and grab another so i had to not let off the brake because i would have rolled forward and not move it it was probably took us at least two hours to get it up this stone wall we built for them to like slowly bend it up. It was the craziest delivery. But after like the woman's bringing me out snacks and she's like, you guys don't fight at all. And I'm like, well, we have to just focus. And he's like, okay, move half an inch. Okay, stop. And then he'd run and grab another rock. And then like one rock cracked as we're doing it. And we're like, oh my gosh, it was so funny and yet terrifying. And then we get to laugh at the end of it. Yeah. Like, here you go. Good luck getting it out. (laughs) I, I can make an assumption in the first three, but you know, like anything in business, you know, the, you know, even like when I talk about the magazine, you know, in January of 2020, when we were selling subscriptions, they weren't really profitable because there wasn't enough going out in the beginning, you know, and it takes some time. Were your first three um, that you've done been profitable for you guys, or was it still just, you know, because you guys are, you know, obviously buying stuff and doing stuff and buying tools and that kind of stuff. I mean, share what you want. Don't what you want to share. It's fine. I just, I don't think I asked that last time. And I think it's interesting for people when they take on these things, um, if they're profiting really fast or if it's still, you guys see that it's going to take time. Um, it takes time to build a credibility in, in the, um, RV like community. Mm -hmm. Um, it's tough to be your first one and be like, here we go. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's very profitable right now. We're trying to switch, um, a steady job to do this full time. Um, it takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication. 
Uh, me and Casey works well because we we constantly working off of each other. She's doing a lot of the marketing, a lot of the uh, financial part of the business um, and design, and I'm doing the build. But once in a while, we kind of jump on each other's kind of role and and help out. Um, and you also have the whole aspect of create creativity, um, which I tell a lot of people that wants to get into it, which a bunch of them ask, uh, are you afraid of the competition? And I say, it's never competition because if you want to do it, your style never going to be the same as mine. And you're only going to be bringing attention to the, you know, the community. So please, if you need any advice, you can come to us. Um, we do offer, you know, uh, um, that service that anyone that wants to like have any questions about, uh, um, anything that we've fixed, anything we've run into, we have no problem. We've FaceTime with people when they said they're, they replaced two lights and then they started to dim. So we sat on FaceTiming while they chased wires to figure it out because it's kind of all about paying it forward and helping each other. And that's something you know, we we're still beginners, but if we've learned it and they don't have to learn our mistakes, then we take the time or someone asked us, you know, could we make them an epoxy shower? And I said, you know, I don't think it would make sh like go through shipping, but it's not expensive and it's just time consuming. So we will walk you through it. We'll show you what we did and what worked. And, and I sent her little videos that like, you don't post on, you know, Instagram because your kids are running through it. And I'm like, this is step-by-step step how we did it. And this is what I would do next time. And I'm like, please try it. it because it's just like, you can never do anything wrong. You know, if you rip out cabinets and it looks terrible, make floating shelves, you know? Right, right. So I think going back to your point, um, to be a little more direct, um, it is profitable. You have to put the work in. Uh, we do work nonstop. <laughs> Some nights we don't even sleep. Um, and you have to also value your work. Um, so a lot of, some people question like, oh, that's, that's a lot of money you're charging for an RV or something like that. But they don't understand that for five weeks straight, we've been just constantly working on it and, and trying to create these, these unique pieces basically. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, if anyone's listening, you know, I don't think I knew this in 2016, 2017, that buying a used that's been used and then been renovated is probably the best money spent in a lot of ways for a lot of people. And because you're getting something, one, that's very custom. I mean, one of the reasons we did a renovation is we just started to become friends with people that have obviously the exact same model, which is for some of you are probably living in a cookie cutter kind of home community. And yeah, maybe you have a neighbor that has the same layout, but I guarantee it's not decorated the same it doesn't have the same furniture the same color of walls exactly. same color of cabinets it was really weird to see friends that have videos and it's like they're in my home like so it is <laughs> it's really weird i'm like why is that picture frame there and then it's like oh wait that's not mine that's theirs <laughs> so to actually make it your own uh whether you do it yourself or whether you hire a company or buy one that's completely custom unique is really you know like, and we, really cool and for rvs we 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 are constantly looking for new things uh, that we can like uh, for Louise, we, we had a, a river table done. We had the epoxy walls done. 
Um, I built a, a hood vent out of uh, sheet metal. I just figured out how to bend these the metal and kind of. So it's it, we always improving on our builds. Also trying to bring some something unique that you know people will walk into your RV and be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this is an RV." Right. Right. No, I agree. I think when people see the. You know, obviously, we'll at the end we'll share where they can find your Instagram and stuff like that. But even in the magazine in July issue, I think people are going to be really shocked that that's the inside of an older RV for sure. And then I know people are probably listening, even thinking like, when do you guys kind of project that your next rig will be available and for sale? Do you guys even have kind of a an idea when you guys will be able to get back into it? Because I mean, obviously, closing on property, building a shop, obviously finding them and buying them and starting to renovate them. That's, I mean, but again, you guys are kind of crazy, so that's a lot going on, but like, is there even like a ballpark of when you guys will be able to start, uh, you know, rig number four? Uh, I can say for certain, uh, end of October, beginning of November. Um, but like I said, because we are kind of reassessing as we go, it could be a little earlier. So I'm not going to speculate on the early time, but uh, definitely end of October, beginning of November, we'll have uh, a rig ready to go. Gotcha. And I, it's interesting, the idea of going to like listing it in another state and then taking it once it sells or, you know, going there and then selling it there is really interesting to me. But I was almost wondering, are you guys sharing as your guys are building it? And I wonder, you know, obviously with this kind of following and, you know, having this many rigs kind of, you know, on your belt and obviously moving forward to do it as a real business. Do you guys think a lot of these will be even snatched up before you're done, like it's just in the middle of the build, people are probably going to just be like, Hey, you know what? I'll take that one. You don't have to go to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had uh, a couple people that mentioned, uh, kind of put me on a list. Uh, we, we, just to be clear, we don't have a list yet, yet, hopefully. But, um, we, we, we did had people even from different States saying that, uh, they, they, they want first dibs on, on the next RV, on the next, uh, um, remodel. So, uh, it's, it's been pretty great. Uh, we've been blessed with, with that, um, people appreciating our work, uh, on, on, you know, as they follow along with us, even, uh, Casey's pretty good. Uh, while we are building these RVs, she, she always asking for input from our followers, um, about maybe, uh, light or color that we want to put on a cabinet, things like that. And we, we have positive feedback always. No, I bet. It's interesting though. I mean, I'm just, you know, my business hats kind of on is the client work with, you know, someone coming in and they have their ideas that does sound in a lot of ways, terrible. It's scary almost because then you've got to do things, but the idea of actually saying, I really love what you guys do. I can't wait to your next one. I'll take it. There's still the, you know, the functionality of the rig, like, is it the right rig for me? Is it a fifth wheel? Is it big enough? Does it have enough bedrooms? That kind of a thing. I, I almost feel like because people are starting to like your guys' style and what you do at some point, you probably will, where someone will be like, Hey, look, I'm bringing you my fifth wheel. Tell me your budget. You guys do your thing, but it has to sleep three, but do your thing. Like we don't want any other input. And it's almost like that, you know, where you have that moment where they get to show up and they get to open the door and they find out what you guys have done. It almost sounds like you guys will probably get there as well too. Cause it's just, I think it's tough to just buy a rig. I mean, the design is phenomenal, but the functionality might be different than what someone needs. 
kind of a thing. Right. I think that's something where we'll end up going there. I think we'll at least have to try and kind of see how it works for us, but it would have to be something that they, if they had, you know, base ideas, they knew, you know, a couple features they liked, and then it would have to be kind of Kip and Joanna style that, okay, you don't get to see anything until the big reveal. Right. But it's funny. I'm even thinking about like, I'm thinking about people in California that have like some RV in a storage unit for $500 a week. And it's like, Hey, look, I send it to you. And I say, take 10 weeks that 10 weeks, I can already put five grand into you doing something. And then on top of that, whatever your fee is, if it's double that or triple that doesn't matter. I would have going to waste five grand over the next 10 months, just storing it or, you know, kind of a thing. And it would be interesting to see if people are willing to do those kind of things. I think people will. I think you'll be surprised where people will send you their rig and be like, just do your thing. I don't care. I just can't have it be brown on brown <laughs> on brown. <laughs> There's, I can't do brown anymore. Please help. We, uh, we, we are expo- exploring every, every avenues of this business. Um, we, we have a pretty good turnaround with these RVs, um, between four and five weeks. Um, We'll eventually, hopefully, we'll, we'll have some help uh, that we can kind of turn around to a month. Uh, that would be a good goal to try to um, uh, get to it. Um, because four and five but, weeks, that was you still working, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you were you were still being a full-time cop in, in the future. You know, uh, you're right. You can almost double your production just because that's what you'll be doing full-time. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I, we... We balance it out to the fact that the, the family time. Uh, uh, so if I can increase a little bit that family time, uh, I think it will ground me a little better. And and also the creative part of it usually comes from, uh, um, I can tell you more, the, the way we, we design these RVs, we, we kind of have an idea of what we want to do with it, but most of the stuff comes as we go. go. And... I mean, the final product you've seen, it's so far it's been, it's been great. Even when you take on things that you've never done before, and you've mentioned some of them here, the, the waterfall table, the, the, you know, like the hood doing a bathroom completely different, like even that still comes out really good. I mean, I, I do, I, I, I kind of upset that I didn't do, we have this like little half round wall in, you know, for our bathroom. And I was like, it'd been so much better just to square it out and make it too, you know, 145 degree kind of, or 190 degree kind of wall and, you know, put a barn door and blah, 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 and have it done. And I kind of kicked myself that I just didn't trust myself to be able to knock down the wall and do that. Cause it just would have made it that much better. Um, it's never too late. No, I know. I know. It's just, again, it, it, the, the hard part about living in it and doing it is living it while you're doing it. You know, like that was the hardest part where, you know, if you can come out of it for a couple of weeks and just work on it like that that makes all the difference in the world so it sounds like i mean just huge huge changes and you know i think on the first call i kind of rubbed it in a little that you have a master's and now you're moving into something because i don't think the master's was like marketing and sales or it wasn't something of that nature right it's not something that's really tying into the business correct no nothing it was for homeland security yeah see and then but i mean it's It's really great that people pivot when a lot of people will say, you know what, I've done all this. I've done the masters. I've done all this stuff. It's crazy for me to pivot 
and they get stuck in that. Like they won't let themselves pivot. Cause I can't, I mean, I don't even know what the guys on the force are probably like when you sit down and talk to them and say, Hey guys, guess what I'm doing? I'm going to move to Texas. I'm going to be this Brazilian <laughs> with a half Boston accent in Texas. And I'm going to build RVs and sell them. What do you guys think? Like, they just like, that's got to be you a know, fun it's, conversation. It's actually, it's actually funny because right now, uh, uh, with what's going on in, in society and, and the world, basically, um, they, uh, they are kind of like appreciating other things. And I, I get feedback from them all the time, even on roll call. They say, dude, I just, I just saw that, that river table you did and that RV that looks so good. And, and it's, it's pretty funny to see that. Um, a lot of them like are so supportive about me, like chasing my dreams and, and changing, you know, like doing a 180 basically. And, um, and it's funny because I have a lot of them approach me say, I wish I had the courage you guys have. Uh, um, I, I just want to stay here for another three, four, five years until I retire. And I'm like, what, what are you waiting for? Why, why are you putting off your dreams? Uh, um, you know, I, I understand, you know, uh, um, Korea family and things like that can, can uh, quote unquote get on the way. But are you doing this, you know, for your family, for, for your happiness? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it, what's the stat that I remember reading recently that the average retirement age is 62 and the average life expectancy is 73. So it's like for these 11 years is what we're all working for kind of a thing mathematically. And there's just something that's about, crazy. Yeah. Right. And the, there's something about where you can find, and this goes back to like, even something I was talking about today where, you know, I was talking about like, it's crazy that from, you can't get a hundred thousand dollar loan between 18 and 22 for a business, but you can to go to school, they'll give you that money. And even when you graduate with a degree in business at 22, you can't get a loan for business because you have no credit and you have no job. And and it really does force a lot of people to go into college per se, then rather than trying to find, you know, a business that they can start that really passionate includes their entire family. Um, so, so, I mean, it's obviously it's not too late in life to do it. I mean, I hear that even from you and when you're talking to you, your coworkers and stuff, it's just so powerful and so inspiring to hear people that are willing to take the risk and pivot. And I'm excited to watch your guys' journey. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be hanging out on Instagram and watching the property get built, see the shop, see the house, see the RVs, you know, see you guys in Arizona selling it. Um, like that's going to be really fun to watch. And I think, again, this is the whole part of rootless is it, it really is about finding your, like you're just your sweet spot, happiness, freedom in your life. Now, do you guys think you'll keep an RV for yourself or, I mean, I mean, obviously let's get back to client work. Let's get making money. But you think at some point, or will you just kind of be able to, you know, test out and use the ones that you're building, use those for a week or two. And then like you said, sell it. I mean, either plan sounds brilliant. Uh, all of it. My, 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 my dream right now, it's the, um, I, I just love the airstreams and um, I do want to get one kind of, buff it out the outside to look like a mirror and uh, kind of pimp it out inside. (laughs) 
And I, I think that's my, my goal right now for the, for the one we would keep for ourselves, but definitely try it out. The, the ones we're going to be renting it out and, and, and things like that. So I do love that you guys are open to doing all the different, I feel like a lot of the Instagrams or the people that are actually getting into, uh, you know, buying and selling, they stick to a certain even maker model because then they kind of understand. I love just hearing from you guys that, you know, each one's different, you know, that you're looking for class A's and class B's and class C's and an Airstream and fifth wheels. Like, I love that you're just going through kind of the gauntlet of all of them as opposed to, Hey, you know, we did this first make and model travel trailer. We're going to stick with that make and model travel trailer moving forward. I like that you guys are, you guys, it keeps coming back to crazy. I like that you guys are crazy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think, I think it goes back to the point you just made about, um, society turned uh it it looks like it's a cookie cutter right now and everyone has to follow the same path and people have a hard time thinking outside the box thinking for themselves or trying something new and um it's it's kind of something that comes with our parents too their generation my my mother never talked to me about owning a business, starting a business, any of that. And kind of, it's basically go to school, go to college, find a job, retire, and then wait to die. And I think kind of me and Casey finding joy in our kids and our lives kind of like refuse to just do that. Uh, So we're not afraid to try new things and, and make mistakes, learning with our mistakes and kind of so if you tell me let's try this school bus let's do it why not you know that's very cool so yeah i might have to take you up on that i really the only thing that scares me about a school bus is the raising the roof which i would definitely need i couldn't do a regular i just would be hunched over the whole time but when i see these people (laughs) that have like raised the roofs on these things where they really cut them right in half and add a foot and a half and then put them back together i'm like that's amazing that's so cool Absolutely. And actually, I for the last build, uh, I bought a uh, welding machine, which I never welded in my life. And uh, I had one of uh, Casey's best friend from high school come down and show me how kind of like how to use it quick. It was probably a 20 minute <laughs> instruction. And I ended up building the legs for the tables. So I'm like, I'll try that. I'll cut the roof and make it as tall as you want. You we'll go. make a deck on top of it if you want. I'll take your second one. <laughs> <Just kidding. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> when it goes to welding, I'll, I'll be number two on that one. But I feel the same way about Airstreams. I'm like, I wonder if anyone has done that. Has anyone cut an Airstream or, you know, around and maybe you know put some sort of wood filler, which would be really kind of cool anyways, You know, some really cool like antique oak to kind of like be on the outside and raise it? Because those are pretty... They're height restrictive too. I think they're about six three total headroom. And as someone that's six six and have met people on the road that are even taller than me, airstreams are like they just that that's a no. There's nothing we can do. We can't get into an airstream or a schoolie without raising the roof. But the, that is something, man. I, if I ever saw someone with an eight foot ceiling in an airstream, I might be like, you know what? I might have to look at an airstream. That'd be very cool. Yes. So, just wait for it. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's someone's. Gonna, yeah, someone's. Gonna, there you go. I'll be. I'll be stoked. I'll be there for sure. I'll put a deposit down on eight foot airstream. <laughs> so when you guys aren't working and traveling and doing all these crazy changes to your life, um, what are some things that you guys are doing? And we like to call it explore, but 
you know, obviously you guys are new to Texas as kind of residents and just even watching kind of, you know, the last couple of weeks on Instagram and stuff. Um, what do you guys been doing that, you know, maybe you just weren't doing in Massachusetts in this new life in regards to honestly, we always chasing more crazy stuff to do it. Uh, today we found a, um, uh, a river that you can kind of tube down the river. Uh, for most people like, Oh, this doesn't seem like extreme at all. Try to put three kids on the five in it <laughs> and you know, still kind of float down the river. Uh, it was a pretty cool uh, thing to do today. Uh, but we always looking for, um, you know, to the new adventure. We went on a safari yesterday that was like a half far away, like a literal, you drive through the animal safari, they're loose. And then we got lunch. And after that, we walked into this um, cavern that was, I think, like 150 feet down into the earth um, with all the kids. That was awesome. So we were trying to find, you know, on each day off, like these little like hidden gems where they have like a this giant natural well that people swim in or you can cl- hike through this canyon and then swim in uh, like a water hole. I'm like, let's find it all. Right, right. No, Texas is one of the states. I mean, obviously not just because of its size, but there's just so much to do in Texas. And I mean, it's obviously got some of the best beach boondocking available. It's just got, there's so much to do. I remember meeting someone that had, uh, maybe most people that aren't RVers won't know this, but a lot of people have these stickers of the United States on the side of their rig and they'll, they'll put a sticker every time they go to a state. And this guy only had Texas and I walked up, made the joke, Hey, Oh, you've been full time in 10 years, right? Just here in Texas. And literally he had <laughs> been, he had been like there for like six years and was full time and just going all through Texas. And I was like, wow, that's, I almost, I made a joke, but then again, I put my foot in my mouth cause it was legitimately what he was doing. Cause there's so much to do there. Um, something yeah, you take Austin. You take Austin as a reference. If you go north of Austin, it's it's a whole different landscape. Mm-hmm. If you come down south and southwest, east, uh, you can be treated what it looks like three different states, but it's just a couple hours away. Um, you know, uh, it's 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 pretty crazy. Yeah, and then you go like West Texas. It's just flat and oil rigs, and you don't see anything forever. So, I think I think, I think when people are coming from like California and Arizona, and they're on that ten, and they're just like, "Wait, why was everyone saying Texas is so nice? This is just this is just desert with you know oil rigs." And then all of a sudden, it just opens up, and it's beautiful. Well, I think last time I did a high low with you guys, it was probably a little different. So I thought maybe we would make it more about the pivot because this is. There's a lot that you guys have pivoted, just even the, in the time that we've spoken between the two recordings. But what's been a low in making this big of a decision in everything? The you know obviously the the career, the move. Um, is there been a low that maybe you just didn't expect? And, and I know you already kind of touched on you know being away from family is tough, but I was almost thinking like is that is there another element of that because you have family back in Boston? But what's been kind of the low in this pivot? I would say most of it is, is being a part, you know, you have this perspective. You're like, I keep telling the kids, I'm like, you know, it's only for the summer, no big deal, but you, you underestimate how much you lean on your partner and how much you, you find comfort and they're coming home. And even if sometimes you go work, you know, 
we'll say like back to back days that we're like ships passing in the night. He comes home in the morning, he sleeps. It's that, Hey, can you give me five minutes so I can shower that for my part? Cause I'm with the kids. At least I have them. They kind of keep me busy, but I can see like, you can visibly see how hard it is for Igor because he's in like a boarding house. He's in a room that is not quiet ever. Um, and he's apart from us, you know, so I can see that he's working 90 hours a week and then just coming back to not us. And so I'm like, this has a purpose. This is all for something bigger. This is so we can all be together, but it's, it's a lot. It's like, you know, when, when he came back, you know, he got in on Saturday and he brought a puppy, which was great. And it was like a borderline. I couldn't decide who I was more excited about the puppy or him, but we both like, you know, I'm not a touchy person. I don't really like when he's in my bubble, but we haven't like stopped holding hands. It's like, okay, I really missed you. This has been an awful month. How are we going to do four more of this? Yeah, that's got to be, it's one of those things that, you know, it's either going to go really fast or incredibly slow. But when you look back at it, when you look back at the sacrifice of it and what you guys have built, um, it'll probably look like a blink. It'll probably feel like a blink, you know, which is, this is the weirdest thing about time. You know, there's moments where I'm like, I feel like I started full-time RVing a year ago and it's been four years ago. And sometimes it feels like I've been doing this forever. And it's just one of those kind of things. So no, I totally, I, I get it and appreciate it. And that's a hard pivot. Like, you know, I think originally when we talked and you said that you were, you know, moving, I, I don't think originally I put it together that you weren't going to be able to just like stop working kind of at the same time, that it was going to take a little bit of a transition and doing things you know, from two different states, working in one state and then coming back and then help build this. But, you know, God bless you, man. Like, hopefully that just continues to work out and you guys, you know, get that stuff done as soon as possible. What's been a big high in this pivot? Maybe, you know, like, how's Texas been for you guys so far? Texas has been, like, pretty awesome. Like, even, you know, we started our morning by walking the land with the builder and kind of mapping out where I'll shop or be and where how we'll rotate it so the wind will come through the middle of it and how we'll look at our house and how you know the driveway will be and where our neighbors will be and it kind of it's affirmation that like again this is why we're here and then you know we went on this adventure where apparently it's this thing in texas where like the best food ever is at a gas station um i'm not joking but then we go and we explore like food you know we look up a steakhouse and we found this steakhouse in new Braunfels, and it's um a greer bar and grill and you literally walk through like a little trail through the woods and then there are these quiet tables that overlook the water and it was the best steak we've ever had that's crazy i mean yeah texas is known for their little hole in the walls their little sidecar yeah stuff for sure that's very cool. And then you guys did talk about inner tubing. I'm going to ask a question. So, uh, Igor, so Brazil, what kind of bathing suit you rocking, buddy, when you're out there inner tubing? <laughs> are you like full so, American now, or are you still got some Brazilian in you and you like the the cute little ones? No, I. Uh, well, I I I have to. I I usually wear speedos. No still? shame on that. There you go. Okay, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I have to, like, sometimes the wife is like, it's a bit too much to just cover up. <laughs> so I'll, <laughs> I'll have some pair of shorts in hand just in case it's one of those moments that she's not comfortable. Maybe because her family is around or, or something like that. I was like, okay, I'll put the shorts back on. But 
I can't wait. I, can't I love wait, my bro. tan line. I, I hear you, bro. I'm the guy that'll be like, hey, what time's your race at? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the, I, <laughs> you forgot your goggles, bro. What are you doing? Are you thought you're here for to really make a good time? What are you doing? That's funny. Uh, I love it. I love it. Well, I want to make sure people know where to find you. And if you're listening right now, you don't have to write anything down what they're saying, but I definitely, you know, make sure to let people know where they can find you. I'll link it in the comments below. Um, I know you guys are really strong on Instagram, but just anywhere else where people can find you or reach out to you. Cause I remember that last time and this time that if you are in the middle of an RV renovation and you have questions, they really are open and available. So let people know where they can find you. Yeah, they can find us at Tomas Coast to Coast on Instagram or our website is uh, com, And our, our email is the same thing, Tomas Coast to Coast at Gmail. And you can email us, website us. They all kind of link together. And we honestly have no problem taking time to help with anything or even like spearheading ideas. You know, we're all for hey, why don't you try this first and then we'll see how it looks. That's very cool. I, I love that aspect of this community. It is really kind of different the way everyone just wants to help everyone. And then, you know, social brings on a different aspect of that sometimes. But the idea of being able to reach out to people that have already done this stuff and just ask questions is great. I, I think I mentioned that last time. I wish I would have known you guys when I was doing it because I had lots of questions in the middle of it. And it's just nicer than watching a video. So I appreciate you guys being open. Well, now, now we got to work on that uh, bathroom wall for sure. Without a <laughs> doubt. I'm waiting for what, look, when the shop is built and there's like a little <laughs> RV pad, I'm on my way. Like we will knock out this bathroom wall and put in that barn door and make this thing a hundred percent the way it should be for sure. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys again for making time. I know your time is limited together and I appreciate your re uh, recording this with me. Cause I really did, you know, the, this time and, and even last time, I just felt like this story is really important just because of, of how much of a pivot there is there. And I think you guys have layers and layers of it where most people maybe only they're pivoting like one or two things. You guys pivoted like really everything. And, um, you know, I mean, the last thing you need to pivot is just the swim shorts. And other than that, you guys are solid. Like just you guys are good. So I'm, I'm keeping that one. Okay. Well, I'll let you. You can have that one for sure. Everyone needs a friend that wears Speedos and now I have one. So it works out. It's Absolutely. Good. Yeah. Well, thanks again, you guys for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Damien was once again, was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, another great episode. Big thank you to Igor and Casey for coming on the show and sharing their story. If you want more information about my guests or want to connect with them, you can click on the links in the show notes below and let them know you heard them on the Rootless Living podcast. Also, just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living podcast or the magazine, make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It's a really big help in getting the word out. And if you use the hashtag Rootless Living, we'll share it as well. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, yes, you, right now you're listening and you're probably saying, ah, our story is really not that worthwhile. Trust me, it is to someone else. Send me an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.